0: and jump right into it greetings ladies and gentlemen my dear audience this is sean cross migrating over from the sean cross and tsk beowulf youtube channel tsk beowulf that's more of gaming that's kind of the sideline thing at this point point. and sean cross is the main priority basically on that channel we do reactions we do this podcast we will be doing graphic art commission time lapses original music content and music covers but this is the Anatomy Podcast, and this is the third episode in which the second episode, unfortunately, got scrapped, but this will definitely make up for it, I'm sure, because we have Mr. Tom Cadden and Jack Simeone of To The Grave, right? That's how you pronounce it? Yeah, you got it. You nailed it. Sick. I'm good at doing names because I work a call center job. So I talk with like so many people, but to say the least on the podcast, I'm not sure if you guys have uh, watched the first episode with uh, Devin Duarte of Warm Shepherd, but basically we split the anatomy podcast into two separate sections. The first section will be covering you guys as musicians, your story so far, how you got into music and all that stuff. And there will be questions according to the topic. The second section of the podcast will be talking about the history of to the grave as an entity, as a collective whole between all of you guys, the changes that you've done over the time, and what the future holds, to say the least. No pressure, because I know you guys just released the extended version of global warning epilogue that is up on Spotify that is up on all streaming services, it is absolutely phenomenal, and as far as I'm concerned in our scene. There's While She Sleeps' is Sleep Society and To the Graves' Epilogue. Be sure to stream both of those albums. But diving into the first part with the history of the musicians themselves, my first question would be, as musicians, how did the story start for you? How did you get into music? Jack, would you like to take this one first?
1: Yeah, I'll take this one. How do I get into music? Um... Well, oh, I would have been, I think I started listening to like, yeah, metal really when I was 16. I think I don't really remember how I did, but yeah,
0: that's right.
1: um, where I started more of like the mellow metalcore stuff and obviously went down like the deathcore route. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, fucking started, um started playing guitar when i was 17 because like oh yeah it was like really weird because it's like weird thinking back now. i'm like why? why did i but yeah <laughs> i think it was um yeah mainly like born of osiris the discovery i was like man that's sick i want to do that
0: mm, yeah yeah completely understood uh how about you tom
2: um started well heard about slipknot when i was in primary school so around the uh, seven or eight years old right at my friend's place because his older brother had posters on his wall and would be playing it all the time and then all of a sudden saw the movie the school of rock and was like oh fuck, these kids can play instruments yeah i'm their age too maybe i can do this and yeah started playing guitar when i was uh got my first guitar when i was 10 or 11 and absolutely sucked for a few years and then picked it back up again a few years later
0: and then yeah sick well to say the least when you guys first started out as musicians for jack i heard born of osiris one of their records i guess it was an older record and for Tom, it was uh, Slipknot, right? Like mainly Slipknot, then you migrated into rock and then kind of just skyrocketed into your, de- your developing sound as musicians? Um, Yeah. Yeah, it was Slipknot, then finding out
2: about Cannibal Corpse and all of that and right. just making the slow descent into
0: to all things heavy, really. Right, right, for sure. Well, let's see. Are there any... People in the scene that have been there for a really, really long time, whether specific individuals or just collective bands as a whole. Of course, like there's Born of Osiris, there's Slipknot, but were there other bands in the scene that helped you guys say, like, oh my God, this is what I need to do? I need to get into this. I need to start building my musicianship and developing as a musician. Were there any individuals or bands that just really, really just hit the spot, sparked it up for you? And you're like, this is what I need to do. Don't know how I'm going to do it. The journey is far. The journey is strange. It's unknown. It can cause fear, sadness, all the various emotions. But this is what I need to do.
2: Um, Yeah.
0: Um,
2: Jason Richardson from Born of Osiris' The Discovery. That album was a massive step up. And hadn't quite heard music like that when that came out. And it was definitely a big influence in both myself and Jack's playing it.
0: Right, right. Uh, Yeah, that's super cool. Um, Because we're basically talking from two different planets, that's the exaggeration that I used before. Kind of living in the scene, the same country that Thy Art Is Murder came from, that Make Them Suffer came from. Polaris, uh, let's see, let's see, Disentomb, all these different band projects and stuff. Were you guys like kind of plugging into the local scene when you were first developing? And you guys said recently before you even started the podcast that you, that in Australia, musicians and bands and stuff of all various subgenres, they bounce off each other pretty collectively and kind of help each other out what would you say when to the grave was first starting out like for you guys or maybe there were projects before to the grave that would probably be the better question um were there was there a project before to the grave for either one of you and that kind of helped you bounce back and forth in that developing scene oh for sure
2: um before i joined to the grave um i was in a, a crappy band but um we played countless shows with Polaris um, buried in Verona and all those um, kind of bands. And it was just a nice little, I suppose, tight, tight knit community. for a, I suppose the um, area we all sort of lived around. Right. And every few weeks or so, yeah, we just play shows together and it was actually a lot of fun.
0: Have you guys ever been able to, uh, like kind of play live shows and stuff with uh, the bigger the bigger boys in Australia. Wait, no, that's that's a silly question. Just because you guys did open up for Cattle Decapitation a couple of years ago, if I'm remembering that correctly. Yeah, last uh, that, year we
2: did last year.
0: Right, right. Okay, awesome. Let's see, let's see. Where were there any moments that you shared with the bigger bands in the scene or smaller bands in the scene that you will absolutely never forget? Hmm. having all the vulvodynia guys in my
2: bedroom on the Australian <laughs> yeah. show was pretty wild um,
1: I think yeah I just, like, whoop, sorry Dak oh, yeah I think definitely the vulvodynia tour for us was kind of like well I mean me especially because that was like the first show first shows I ever played slash tour and hmm. like having a band that like I guess we've all heard about for like a good few years by then it's kind of like, oh shit, like, you know, this is pretty, it's a bit of a step up from what we're all used to.
0: Right, right. Yeah, no, that's that's completely understandable. And I spaced off, was was it the same tour that you did Volvidonia and Cattle Decap, or were those two separate tours? Two separate tours. Okay. And when did you guys uh, tour with Volvidonia? I do apologize. I don't keep up with all of the hundreds of bands I listen to. That's all good. Um, that was late 2019. Oh, okay, okay. That makes sense. Well, let's see. As a, as fellow musicians and fellow music enthusiasts, name me the top five records in your discography at home, period. Uh, not to the Graves discography, just like all of the music you've ever listened to. What are your top five bands or top five records and why? Oh, okay. Um, uh
1: shit that's hard no, that's hard and that's what we're here for <laughs> yeah fuck this is pretty hard uh discovery um one of osiris yeah elsie grin uh what's that one called ashes to ashes mm, yep uh, um so uh, uh, that the necrophagist des- album <laughs> oh hello <laughs> oh uh. Uh,
0: Now I'm really making you think. Yeah,
1: this is hard.
2: <laughs> I'm just happy I've got a bit more time to sit and think, Paul Jack. <laughs>
1: yeah. I might have got Spotify now. I oh, watch. <laughs> uh, um... uh, Slaughter's that EP. What was it called? Chapters of Misery. That was a big mm-hmm. one.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that was like Misery. I think you're simply called Misery or something, and that's where the Misery. Oh, that's the album. Mm. Yeah, no. Um, shoot, that's actually a pretty good question. I'll look that up right now, because now I'm curious about
1: that. I <laughs> my fifth one would be Shadow of Intent Reclaimer, let's say. Mm, yeah. say those would be my five. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Tom, you're up.
1: <laughs> All right. Shit. All right.
2: Well, first one, I guess, has to be Slipknot's Iowa. Mm, um, classic. Yeah, timeless record. <laughs> um, then taking a page from Jack's book, The Nostalgia and Everything, Born of Osiris is the Discovery. Um, Danza from Danza Three from
1: Tony Tapdance, Except Extravaganza. I like that my six. That's my six. Fuck it out now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I gotta admit, cool. I haven't heard that one before. I I know the band, but I haven't listened to it yet.
2: They're fucking awesome. Um The guitarist of the muir, that was his old like previous project. Right. Um right. Dil Jada's Mast Mastin. Um That was a real good album. Uh, One more. Fuck.
0: Batushka, Litigia. Oh, okay. Well, I definitely have not heard most of those records, and I do feel pretty ashamed. But I mean, there are thousands of bands out there, so that can definitely be something to add to the list, except for uh, Misery Sermon. That was the name of the last Slaughter record. And I'm pretty hyped for their next one. I got to say, <laughs> with Baba Yaga and all that shit, like, damn, dude, that's going to be fun. Let's see. This basically this first part, being that we've kind of covered how you guys developed as musicians and stuff. Now I'm just like kind of asking people questions and stuff. Um, these are like top five, top 10, that type of stuff. But basically, top five movies, I guess, would be the next question.
1: That's another hard one. (laughs) These are good
0: questions. (laughs) Uh, Hell yeah.
1: Truman Show. Oh, that's a good one. Um, Movie, can I add TV shows? Oh, yeah, yeah, you (laughs) Um, can add TV shows. (laughs) Sopranos. Better Call Soul. Step Brothers.
0: that's a good one <laughs> yeah
1: and
0: uh like the first three saw movies oh is the first three saw movies you said yeah okay okay fun yeah i haven't seen any of the saw movies like there's a lot of, a really? lot for me to catch up on as far as uh culture in general <laughs> i must admit but I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. Tom, you're up again. (laughs) All
2: right. Uh, Mata's, um, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Um, yeah, insert miscellaneous horror movies um whatever amazon prime's got going um shit no this is really tough toy Um, story oh really yeah toy story is fucking awesome hell yeah um uh, the terror it's a tv show that my partner and i've been watching lately and it's pretty fucking cool um and Brothers,
0: sick <laughs> all right so let's see let's go ahead and dig a little bit more into uh the other planet that you guys are currently on being australia and you guys said that you're currently in sydney australia correct or are you in melbourne both of us are in melbourne Okay. Melbourne. I, I have white accent, American white accent, <laughs> but uh, let's see, let's see what has to be your all-time favorite thing. And then something that you're really proud of with your home country and just like the culture that's been established there compared to other countries around the world. Oh, um, I guess can't take
2: our healthcare for granted, but I also like being able <laughs> to say the word cunt quite freely
1: yeah i'm gonna say the word cunt probably the best thing about australia <laughs>
0: oh my god that's amazing um <laughs> that's great um let's see let's see oh one more we
1: have cool animals
0: oh yes. yeah. yeah yeah we've
1: got cool animals
0: arguably some of the most dangerous animals to all the people that haven't been there i think that's one of the funniest things ever um it spicy yeah it's spicy very very spicy wildlife i like i would be down to go there but i would be it's really weird too because like person to person growing up i think i'm one of the only people i know who's a fan of arachnids and everybody's just like oh my god you wouldn't like to go to australia and i'm like yeah i would because they're they're big over there and um let's see let's see kind of asking about that i guess uh Is there a period of the year for you guys when, like, bushes and just a whole bunch of vegetation are just blanketed in spiderwebs? Like, I've seen this online and stuff, but I'm super curious.
2: I'm heavily blanketed. Not so much unless, I guess, you go out to far desolate areas. But generally, summertime's, like, prime time for spiders to be hanging around outside. And then wintertime, they start to migrate inside a little.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, Let's see. Let's see. I'm trying to improvise and make up for the three minutes that we have left for the first half of the the podcast, because basically I aim to have these at least up for an hour or as long as an hour. But apparently Zoom only allows free podcasts and free meetings to be 40 minutes. So ultimately... Because I'm, uh, I'm kind of cheap about this stuff. Only for now, we. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I'm trying to think. Do you guys have any questions for me? I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, if are ne- you? Are you a vocalist? Oh yeah. Um. So primarily, I'm a vocalist. Current, like currently, and. Oh basically i know how to play a little bit of bass i write lyrics and i'm also planning on getting into graphic art design but um yeah mainly i'm a vocalist i use my pipes a lot i could easily be a voice actor that type of gig it's it's fun it can be fun but i'm definitely planning to season myself as a musician um so that should be pretty cool and hopefully that'll be the only question asked uh asked to the interviewer and stuff because that that just feels goofy but let's see um what do you guys think uh have let's see let's see i'm not sure where it's been filmed as of recently but are you guys a fan of the marvel movies
1: um n- never watched them never watched them okay i'm really bad that, like superhero <laughs> movies except for like spider-man one and two i have not watched
0: so question is though which spider-man one and two are we talking about because <laughs> there are now three
1: <laughs> wait is there oh the yeah, 2001 yeah. The one
0: oh, from 2001 yeah.
1: yeah like the original ones
0: yeah. yeah okay well i mean you will be excited to know that coming from the source of a geek who daily plugs plugs into that stuff on the daily uh dr octavius from the second one is coming back for the third new one don't know if you knew that but ah, oh. yeah yeah i don't know how they're doing it but I guess he was interviewed as of recently and basically they asked him about the film and he's like, yeah, apparently nobody that died in those movies as the characters, like they never died. So they're coming back. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I mean, that's kind of cheap writing, but (laughs) it works. (laughs) People will eat that up. Well, let's see. I guess that will kind of wrap it up for the slightly entertaining. uh, First half of the podcast, mainly because my questions have been so dry. But this next half of the podcast will be the band question, the true anatomy part of the podcast episode. So basically, we are dissecting what To The Grave is as a band, as a project, as a musical effort. And basically, we'll be taking it all the way back to the beginning, when To The Grave was first started. The first question I would have is how the band name was established.
2: Uh, That was created by the then bass player uh, Matt Clark. as unfortunately nobody in this current iteration of To The Grave is an original member. Um, The -hmm. band was formed, oh, years and years ago by um, our friend Matt, and in 2014, Dane ended up joining To The Grave, Uh, Simon was not an original member but was in the band around 2012 or so I believe and I met Dane in 2015 and joined the band around then just filling in and helping out as they needed a guitarist and then we kind of took a bit of a long like break hiatus sort of thing and decided with Dane that we wanted to just keep writing music and Matt very kindly
0: let us keep the name going on. Oh shoot okay. Which well, then let us to Jack. Yeah I mean on the top of your head was there ever a story that he expressed on how the name was created or was it kind of like yeah it sounds cool?
2: <laughs>
1: it was definitely a yeah no it just sounds cool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I awesome. I think
1: there's a two-pack song that's got to the it's called to the grave or something.
0: Oh really? Cool?
2: We'll
1: go with that. And yeah. Was also, cradle to, that to the grave.
2: Um, mm. So there's a it, it, there's probably a little bit of like influence
0: behind it. Plus, it Matt was like, oh, it sounds cool. Yeah. No, I like it. That's that's really neat, actually. And the thing is, with situations like that, I definitely want to even get the kind of small details and stuff. Like that's really important to me. So I do appreciate you guys sharing that with me. Now, let's see. How about the... Is there like a narrative continuity behind any of the songs or EPs or albums released so far?
2: Um, As far as tracks flowing into one another lyrically, um, uh, not overly. It's each song's more more or less touching on its own sort of element or corner of, um, I suppose abuse in the animal industry i suppose um right and yeah
0: dane's a wonderful lyricist and comes up with some very grim stuff right right and the thing is what i've always enjoyed about our scene is that we always are we're not afraid on a constant basis to exploit issues like that not exploit that's a little bit aggressive um we bring awareness to really, really important issues where I would dare argue that, except for maybe Earth or whatever, I, f- I forgot it, what it was called, but basically, was I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, it was a collab between like Ariana Grande and all these oh. massive musicians about Earth Day. I think it was actually called Earth Day. And like, <laughs> that was, I think, one of the only musical efforts I personally have seen so far where they bring awareness to like really, really, really important issues that people don't want to talk about because like it's so graphic. It's so depressing and uh, draining to think about. Here in the scene, uh, we, we bring awareness to all of that. And I have to say that To the Grave as a collective whole is very, very good so far at making sure that so many issues, very similar to am- animal cruelty and just uh, global warming and stuff. Hint the name global warning a, gor- a warning to humanity that we are messing up am i am i not wrong no that's
2: in the, the head yeah. yeah there
0: we go so yeah global warning it's a warning to the human race that we are messing up that we are making mistakes that where we shouldn't very very simple stuff whether in culture whether in society or worldwide and i've always appreciated that to the grave really hits that on the nail it hits that on the spot now, kind of going full circle back to the band name. Hmm. Sure, when it first started out, Mister Matt Clark, he came up with the name, and he was like, "Yeah, this is pretty cool. Yeah, well, let's go with this." But like over time, has there been a message that you guys have established among yourselves for what the band name truly means to you, Ooh. at least? Um, can't speak for the other guys,
2: but for me, um, personally. Jeez, that's, I've never really stopped to think about that. I just,
0: yeah. Well, I, I mean, suppose, yeah, that's completely fine.
2: While trying and, to write music, just writing stuff that I feel would fit going towards the message that we have and what would suit the name, I suppose. Um, right,
0: right. Is it, uh, let's see, let's see. Would you best describe it? Maybe as a message of devotion an expression of devotion and just dedication to these greater issues that we have at hand around the world
2: that is definitely a way
0: a good way to look at it um yeah sick any uh any feedback from you jack
1: yeah i don't know i've never really thought of that before but yeah what you said is like kind of like it does fit with the whole message in a way.
0: Mm. Yeah, sick. Well, I'm glad I uh, <laughs> managed to smack that right on the head. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. How about the album artwork? Are there stories behind the, the, like the album artwork so far? On Global Warning, for example, there is a little flower and a date right next to it. I made sure to notice that because this, this is what I do. I really dig under the skin of all these band projects and I want to understand the story. Are there certain stories behind, for example, the global warning cover or really any of the art that you guys have released with the tracks so far? Well, the
2: album artwork for global warning has an hourglass in the center of it. um, And we use the extinction rebellion symbol, which is essentially a, line drawing of an hourglass um Mm. and it can signify a few different things but it's kind of like time's running time's running out um and that's more or less i suppose any sort of significant meaning of that artwork per se right right yeah that's completely fine like we've And then with um, Epilogue's artwork, I I would have to double check with Dane, but I don't think that really bears much semblance to
0: any of the lyrical content. Right. Yeah, no, that's okay. Mm, Yeah. Let's see. Is there a story behind the little date on the Global Warning album cover?
1: That's the guy who drew that. That's his signature. Um,
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So like the little flower and everything too, that's just like his signature. That's his John Hancock. Yep. <laughs> yep. So that's it. All Eight, right.
2: Because he does like full oil paintings. Um and yeah, no, it's cool that he was so so generous to do that for us. And yeah, there's no harm in him, you know, signing his own work.
0: Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. I sign all my own stuff all the time. My uh my little graphic for my email, that's that's the signature I'm planning to use at live shows along with all the entertainment medias that I plan to uh create and such. Let's see. Um how about collaborations? Are you guys planning to collaborate with any bands in the near future? Or off the top of your head, who would be a band that you would do like a split EP with per se?
2: Ooh. And
0: why? Um as
2: far as immediate planned collaborations. We don't have anything in the works, but um I guess my vote would be to collaborate with Chelsea Wolf or even Poppy. Um I think that would be really cool <laughs>
0: or Ghostman. Oh that would be cool. I, I would actually love to see that Poppy and yo know, have you guys heard of a Wargasm by chance? Nah Oh, that's like a new—it's like a new thrashy, more metal version of Poppy, and I think they're from the UK, but they could easily be from the states. Not completely sure, but they've kind of been popping up here and there, and yeah, they are literally just Poppy but more thrashy. Um, let's see, who who was it that just said that? I do apologize. Was it Jack or Tom? Uh, Tom. Right. So Jack, you're up. Who would you want to the grave to split and? In- collaborate with on a split EP or any type of collaboration and why
1: Uh, it's hard to say really because like there's a lot of great bands out there but like I feel like us doing a collaboration with like another band of like a similar genre to us really wouldn't do us like you know justice right say so it's like kind of hard to answer because I feel like we kind of have our, you know, our sound and all that, I feel like it would take away from it. So I really can't answer that thinking of even artists outside of that,
0: yeah, like something
1: like Poppy or something like that would be yeah. interesting and add to it, I'd say.
0: Right, right. And let's see, if in the future you're granted the opportunity, I mentioned this recently, I mentioned this on the first episode because it's something that really struck interest in me. But projects like uh, the Tyrantophobia series, just as a whole, you got two EPs so far from Distant, and then you have Breathing the Horizons uh, Post Human Project, which Part One was survival horror, and apparently that's only a fraction of this major Post Human project that they're planning to do. Are you gentlemen planning on like if it was if it was an opportunity? would you guys be establishing a massive narrative continuity with the music you write? Or would you be sticking with the the more in-your-face, just like, hey, this shit's going on in the world and we need to stop it? Would that be an opportunity that you would utilize to uh, kind of go in a different direction as far as to the grave?
2: It's something I wouldn't mind dabbling with or exper- experimenting with. But um, it's one of those things where being able to have each song be its own statement also holds a lot of merit, um, I find. But being able to experiment with like a narrative drawn over, at the least, like a couple of songs would also be really cool. Um, but we haven't really had like a sit-down talk and gone, all right, let's do a concept album,
0: EP, or anything of the sorts just yet. Yeah, no, that's completely fine. And, I mean, at least the thought is there. If not an original narrative, would you guys be drawing inspiration from various maybe horror movies? Because I'm not sure if horror movies and horror culture has had any impact or inspiration on what To the Grave has established itself to be. Oh, yeah. Oh, it has? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, hell yeah. That's awesome. So, that being said, if you guys were to draw inspiration and perhaps similar to Einstein Kills the Silver Scream, or the, uh, I think it's like called the Book of Stories, it, the, the b- record before that did all the very, very older tales. Would you guys be, would you guys do something similar to that compared to just establishing your own narrative continuity? Um. Well, being able to use use, I suppose, like, pay homage
2: and use the framework of another sort of medium to construct narrative or like help, you know, structure a narrative. Um, it wouldn't be a bad idea. The one thing that comes to mind for myself would be Dante's Inferno. Oh. not, not necessarily pertaining to like following the story in like the biblical sense, but being able to use, use his journey and that as I suppose a very loose framework to then, be able to flesh it out ourselves um
0: yeah yeah that's that's yeah yeah (laughs) no you're good
1: yeah it's like it'd be cool yeah it would be cool to do like something like that but still you know obviously have the because i feel like the lyrical content we have so far is like pretty crystal clear if you read it you're like Mm -hmm. you know exactly like and that's like if we could do that and like it still retains the message a hundred percent with a hundred percent clarity, like Mm -hmm. that would be sick, obviously.
0: Yeah. Well, let's see. I just came up with this question and I'm like, Oh, I'm really curious about this. What um, individually or collectively to you guys is the most important thing when writing any song so far or any of the content that you guys are currently working on? Cause I, the, the grind is constant. I know that for sure. What is the most important thing for you guys to you guys to creating a really, really good to the grave song. Hooks.
2: Like oh yeah, hooks. Um, being able to, I suppose write like a vibe for each track. So it's kind of got a bit not like storytelling, but each song's kind of got its own sort of statement and sound. Um, that's what I try and aim for. I don't want to just write a collection of songs that all sound the
1: same, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. How about you, Jack?
1: Yeah, what Tom said, plus, like, you know, adding, like, moments where, like, you know, there's, like, something will catch you off guard, stuff like that that kind of, you know, brings people back in, not ready to know what they're going to expect at the same time.
0: Right. Right. So definitely just making sure that each of the tracks that are a part of this massive project are very individual. You can tell them apart. And I mean, hell, I can definitely tell them apart. I can definitely hear the difference between EcoSide and um, Miserable Summer because those are really massive tracks. They've been massive tracks to me. They've been in my playlist. I make sure to watch the music videos for them quite regularly because I'm a very visual guy. Um, Let's see who is the main brain behind the music videos. That's a question I think should be answered.
2: Um, That is our good friend Elliot Savage. Um, He's done all but one of our music videos. Um, And now he's just a wonderful guy to work with. We, (laughs) he must dread whenever we send him a message. Hitting him up to work with us, as we generally have a habit of doing two videos in one day. But he's an absolute soldier, and he just gets through it and makes him look makes the videos look awesome.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And what was the one video that he hasn't done yet? I'm pretty curious about that. Uh, that was for our song "Slaughter Forever." Oh, okay, okay. So other than that, and uh, if I'm remembering this correctly. The gentleman that you're talking about, he was on the Eat, Sleep, Grave, Repeat documentary, right? The Scrawnier yes. Dude? Ah, oh, sick. Okay. Yeah, that's really neat. And um, not going to lie, he's done really, really good with the music videos. The visual aesthetics, the color palette that I've seen with the Two to Grave music videos has been absolutely phenomenal. I guess speaking from the perspective of the band members themselves, what has been your favorite track so far? and what really allowed it for you to be your absolute favorite so far Hmm.
1: jack (laughs) Uh, it's a bit of a touchy subject but miserable summer i -hmm. think yeah that was i don't really want to get into it but no you're fine miserable summer
0: yeah no pressure at all and all details that I mean, I should have said this at the beginning, but literally all details that you guys don't want to disclose, that's completely fine. No pressure at all because, well, everybody has their comfort zone. We're all human, so we got to respect that for sure. How about you, Tom? Yeah,
2: Miserable Summer or 7 Billion Reasons Why or Kill Shelter. Um, Oh, I got to listen to
0: that so bad. Various
2: various reasons, I suppose, but each of them, it's just a, a nice little back or reminds me of something i guess
0: yeah for sure well being that we have a minute left we'll go ahead and wrap it up for today i do appreciate you gentlemen stopping by and uh this was jack Simeone and tom cadden of to the grave their album epilogue just released as of yesterday it's super super solid and not only is it the original album that they released global warning but it also has features it has four brand new songs It has a My Chemical Romance cover, which is absolutely badass, and it has a freaking album cover. It has a new album cover, and it's really, really solid stuff, so be sure to check it out. Is there anything you gentlemen want to say before we check out?
1: Thank Um, you very much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us on.
0: Of course, my pleasure. Stopping in and talking with the scene whilst we are not able to meet in person at the shows. That is really, really important for my mental health, and it's fun, so... (laughs) You guys, be sure to enjoy your day. Thank you for stopping by. Everybody, be sure to listen to it and have a great day. Thank you very much. Sweet. Thanks. Later.